Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live for another episode of the Post Daily Dose, the best little parenting show on the internet. I hope you guys are doing great today. I will tell you, it is freezing cold here in Oklahoma. We are all just sitting around bundled up, and then we've got recent news that... Um, there's going to be some random or maybe not so random electric uh, cutoffs in various communities to help conserve electricity because everybody's home, everybody's running their heat on high, we have our televisions and our electronics all on, and I guess our grids are just not prepared for so much usage. So... Things in Oklahoma are interesting indeed. I hope that somebody out there is someplace nice and warm so I can be just a little bit envious and I can remember that warmth will be coming soon. In fact, I was just checking. Looks like uh, maybe towards the end of next week. So the frozen pipes that I have in my house, well, first let me just say I am just really glad I took that long hot bath yesterday because, well... I don't know when I'll have water back in all of my, <laughs> all of my house. So there it is, right? Humanity um, at the mercy of nature goes like that, doesn't it, sometimes? So welcome, everybody. Anybody who wants to say hi, I'd love to hear from you. And I want to plug these books real quick. Brian's book, From Fear to Love, that you can get at feartolovebook.com on promotion. Um, then I've got this incredible workbook. The Fear to Love workbook that Brian recently did. Uh, we have this available in print on Amazon. We have it as an ebook on our website. And I just talked with our printing company today. And once they have their staff back in, because they're experiencing this mega winter storm as well, then we'll be able to get some uh, progress made on getting those books printed so we can offer those in house. Then also this great book, uh, Brian's book, The Great Behavior Breakdown, is an absolute gem. I feel like this book really takes you a little deeper. Um, there's lots of stories of real life shared and lots of really beautiful outcomes from real life connection, real life love, real life relationship, and how that can create so much healing at the brain level. I'll tell you what, today's been... Just really an incredible day for me. Um, I had a podcast this morning with a lovely woman who is um, from the UK. We chopped it up for what ended up being probably an hour and a half to two hours. And it was, hey, Edward from Nova Scotia. Awesome. Uh, so my, my podcast was really cool. I loved meeting. It's just, you know, it's so cool to be able to get online. And she's from the UK getting ready to, you know, close it out for the night. It was you know, 12 o'clock noon here in Oklahoma, and just, you know, the internet has a way of making the world really small, which is a beautiful thing. You know, there's a lot of pros and cons about the internet, just like the world. There's lots of pros and cons about the world, right? And so, in many ways, the internet is like having elements of the world right here at our fingertips, and there's so many great gifts that come with it, just like me being able to get up here and talk and share with you all. And I know that for many, it's also, you know, just a thorny, a very thorny place. And it's hard for them to stay out of um, those areas that can be so troublesome and, and hurtful to our soul. So tonight, my topic is continuing to be all things love. 
Um, last week, we uh, and the week before, this has been our focus for the month of February. We've talked about some postisms about all things love, and then I just decided to pull up 1 Corinthians 13 because it's probably one of the most frequently quoted. It's a Bible verse, and I'm not even sure if everyone who quotes it realizes it's a it's a Bible verse, or if they're just quoting it because it speaks to what so many of us believe about what love is. First um, Corinthians 13 talks about love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love does not boast, it's not prideful, it is not dishonoring, it is not self-seeking, and it is not easily angered. These are all things that we've talked about over the last week or so. And tonight, the point from 1 Corinthians 13 Love keeps no record of wrongs. Huh, 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 Here's the thing. That's when, like when I read that, I'm like, now I know that this is a biblical principle. Now I know that this is talking about a greater realm of love that we can tap into. A greater realm of love that when we quiet our mind and we quiet our emotions and we can get to that place where we can hold that stillness within us. We can actually tap into an energetic space, whether you want to, you know, whether it's love, whether it's love, whether it's God. I say God equals love, and therefore I don't have to get tangled up in religion and what man does. But I can just focus on these things that are such beautiful principles and yet very lofty. Because we are just human. We're just human. And the love, we have the ability to tap into that realm of love. And with, with conscious effort and with meditation, with prayer, with breathing, with using these things that we have access to, we can sustain walking in that space more and more and more. But here's the thing. Love keeps no record of wrongs. That is speaking of the ethereal love, of that energetic love, of God equals love. As humans, our brains are not designed like that. As humans, when we experience an injury or a wound, it taps into parts of our neurobiology for the purpose of survival. Love keeps no record of wrongs but our neurobiology does for the sake of protection, for the sake of survival. That is one reason why parenting children who come from traumatic backgrounds takes a different approach. It takes a different parenting approach. Those traditional consequences and rewards, punitive styles of parenting, sending a child to time out alone with their upset feelings, all those things that are traditional parenting, are not very effective for children who have experienced trauma because they have a very sensitive amygdala. And that sensitive amygdala was created out of, quote unquote, wrongs, out of wounds, whether they were wounds that occurred in the womb, out of hyper a hyper-stressed out pregnancy, or out of the use of drugs or alcohol or poor nutrition or domestic violence during pregnancy, that time when the womb, like we talk about the formative years of brain development. Well, that word formative 
tells us that it is occurring while something is in formation. So when trauma occurs during the formation of the brain, it changes how the brain is created. So we have a more sensitive amygdala. That is the brain's way of keeping a record of a wrong for the sake of survival. Our brains are developed so that we can survive the world as we perceive it to be, which is based on what we are experiencing. So Dr. Bruce Lipton, I think, talks so beautifully about how the subconscious gets created. I was talking about this today in the podcast about how during, so we have that womb experience that I just spoke about. And when trauma occurs, when there are insults during the womb experience, it changes how the baby's brain develops. Then when you layer that with a zero to five, when they're like little sponges, right? They're just soaking up everything so that they can understand the world. They're brand new to this world. They're just infants. And so whatever's going on around them in the environment is continuing to form the brain. Love keeps no record of wrongs is speaking of a high, a very high level of ethereal love that we can tap into, that we can lean into. But as humans, when we understand how our brains are developed and that can lead us to understanding ourselves, we all have pre-birth and early life blueprints that have a huge impact on how we perceive the world. It's said that your zero to three creates the lens for all future relationships. So as parents and as professionals involved in the lives of children who have experienced trauma, it is ex it's imperative, like it is imperative that we shine the light on our own subconscious so that we really understand how it is that we came to see the world the way we see it. Because those, those rules that got planted, they may not apply anymore. They may not apply to your child. Your child is not you and you are not your parents. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that sometimes. My child is not me and I am not my parents. My child has very different needs than what I had when I was her age. Your child probably has very different needs than what you had when you were your child's age. We have to parent the child that we have, the child that we were blessed with. The beauty of all of that is it invites us to grow beyond just how we were parented. In order for us to be in this loving, connected relationship, especially when you're parenting children who've come from hard places, children who've come in contact with darkness in ways that we can barely even understand. We can maybe, maybe slightly connect with it, but to deeply understand what it's like to be small and to be so vulnerable, to have abuse happening to you, to have adults bypassing your soul for their own needs for pleasure and gratification, to be neglected because of poverty, to literally be hungry, like hungry, hungry, 
hungry, hungry, and not knowing where the next food's going to come from. To be so hungry that you cry out in hunger, but your stressed out parent is so stressed out and overwhelmed themselves that they abuse you for crying because you're hungry. These are the kind of blueprints that many of our children have. Love does not hold an account of wrongs, but sadly our neurobiology does for the sake of protection. What we know is that safe, loving relationships in safe, loving, predictable environments over time create healing. Love truly does create healing at the brain level. There's actually a special hormone that gets released when we are in safe, loving, connected relationships. And many of our babies didn't get that. So Brian says, if you haven't got it, you got to get it. Speaking of the nurturing that takes place, that loving connection that takes place when we are soothing and comforting our babies helps a part of the brain grow called the oxytocin release mechanism. Oxytocin is, is called the cuddle chemical, the love hormone. And one of the jobs of that hormone is to modulate the stress hormone. So Brian says it like this, if you haven't got it, you've got to get it. And so the good news is that love really is healing. That when we take time to get into those safe, loving, connected relationships, and I'm doing this like I'm rocking a baby, because it doesn't matter the age, building oxytocin at the brain level is available throughout the lifespan. That's some of the best news of biology ever. That means it's never too late to love. And the effects of love are always, always healing. Love does win. I want to read the comments. Um, I love these lives, quick and powerful. Emily, I'm so glad you find them helpful. Uh, Karen says, thank you. Hello, thank you for these videos. They're so informative. I'm so glad to serve. I am. So, it's an honor, really. You know, in our world, the way it is, you know, it's just a privilege to be able to get up here and hopefully share something that can can build you, you know, a little education, hopefully some encouragement, hopefully some equipping, because you know what? This is hard work. You know, we're trying to do things different than what the dominant story of parenting is. And I know sometimes you're out there and maybe your child's having some behavior challenges right there in public, or, you know, I had a beautiful little conversation with a mom today. She called she called just trying to figure out kind of who we were and what we had to offer. And literally two sentences into the conversation, she just broke down in tears because something happened today. And it, it just made her question, is it always going to be like this? Is it always going to be so hard? Is my child always going to struggle? You know, are they always going to kind of be out of sync with the rest of their peers and so we just got to have a beautiful conversation about the pathway to healing and what regression looks like and what stress does to our babies and to all of us you know for any of us when we stress we regress it's just that our children they have so much um it's not that they have so much stress it's that they're so stress sensitive so they feel the same thing other kids feel they go through the same things other kids go through it's just that the intensity of the emotion can feel like it's on steroids because a lot of those pre-birth and early life building blocks were missed during their formation 
during the formation of the brain, the brain got wired around this trauma, around this perception that the world really is a very scary and threatening place. And us helping inject love into that and to build love at the brain level is, it's like the whole mission, right? It's the whole mission. It doesn't mean it's going to, um, that it's going to correct every insult. Like it's not necessarily gonna heal the, the, the effects of fetal alcohol syndrome or drug exposure or maybe a, a physical um, malformation. <laughs> How about that? A physical malformation. But it is going to create an environment for your child or for any person to be the best version of themselves and to step into whatever it is that their purpose in life is. So with that, I wanna remind you, if you've not already done so today, put everything on pause that you've been fussing about, that you've been worried about, that you've been teaching about, those racing worried thoughts, press pause, press pause. Take some deep breaths. Go give yourself five or 10 minutes of time in. Just love on yourself in some way that feels good. Get your energy straight. <laughs> Get your energy back in alignment with remembering that they are just babies. They're just babies. They've not been out in this world for very long. You know, they may be six, they may be seven. That's still not very much time on this earth, is it? And when they stress and they regress to points of being two or maybe even infant-like, we're just going to meet them at that emotional place. Whatever the emotional age you see presented, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to meet them at the emotional age presented, and we're going to play with them in that place. So if your child, if they're six, but tonight they feel like they're two, then go get some shaving cream and spread it all over the table and just make a big old mess. Or... Whatever it is that works for your family, wrestle around, play make-believe, build something with Legos, kick back and watch some TV together, read a book, play a game, blow some bellies, whatever it looks like for your family. Play is a beautiful avenue. It is the language of your child. Let them feel you relating to them where they are, meet them in that place. Let your child from inside of you come out and just enjoy your babies. And remember what Brian tells us in any given moment, we can act out of our blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three to 10 deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. I hope you have a blessed evening and we'll see you all tomorrow night.